This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hey everyone, we're proud to announce that we are going to be a part of the Indianapolis Crime Con this year, held June 9th through the 11th in Indianapolis, Indiana. Besides just us, guests they're going to have there include F. Lee Bailey, John Ronson, an author who wrote a book called The Psychopath Test, which I absolutely love, and the attorney who handled the Stephen Avery case, which is going to be very interesting. So go to crimecon.com to get your weekend passes, and we'll see you all there. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. We're live. We're live here at Yankee Stadium. You know, it's pull on your pud day. <laughs> pull on your pud day here at the Squared Circle. I uh, was so excited to be back in New York. You know what I mean? It's always the same thing. It's like coming over the BQE. Mm. You see the, the skyline mm-hmm. is lit up by the moon. The stars are in the sky. And you're just like, oh, this is this is beautiful. It's like my Gorgeous. whole my city. My city. Right. Right? Jenny from the block. Henry from the block. Yeah, it says welcome Henry on the sign. Pretty much. Yeah. Pull up in front of my apartment building. There's just a big fat man with mm. his pants around his ankles, just pissing all over an empty wheelchair. And oh, it's a, in my head, that's it's the a, first time. That's a Brooklyn time, fireman. Yes. It seems like it's the first time it's ever just lucky to not be in the wheelchair. Yeah. That's <laughs> was very it, was true. Was it his wheelchair? Was it a miracle? I don't know. <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kinsel. That's Marcus Parks. I ate. We still introduce him as a guest, even though he's been on 200 episodes. 265, actually. Right. 265 is- episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. But he's actually in studio. H-Bone. She's the kind that likes to fuck. Uh-oh. The kind that likes to suck. She'll kill your family. <laughs> Eileen Warnos, everyone. That's today's she's topic. She's a lady. <laughs> she is a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. She's our kind of lady. <laughs> Talking about Eileen Warnos. Indeed. Eileen <laughs> well, Warnos, lead to her friends, was an American serial killer drifter who murdered seven men with a 22 pistol in Florida during the late 80s and early 90s. Mm. And although she's a lot of times referred to as America's first female serial killer, she's more like the 57th. Yes, All right. but that's bad optics. Yeah, who wants to be the 57th anything? <laughs> I'd like to be the 57th man on the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> if the whole team dies five right. times over, I get in to start in five. Oh, you would be amazing as a Harlem Globetrotter. You'd just be like, come on, shave the boy. <laughs> 
You're the boy. Now, the reason why she got the first female serial killer label was because Eileen was the first high-profile case of a woman who, quote, killed like a man. She killed her like a man. <laughs> yeah, can what? I still do that bit? Yeah. Like a man. You can do that. She didn't look like a man. No. Is that for mad TV? Yes. <laughs> You I'm know, on fire today. <laughs> you are on fire. That show was canceled. Yeah. Hmm. So was every show I've ever been on. <laughs> Stu! <laughs> is that Stu? Now, that whole kill like a man business meant that she wasn't an angel of death or a black widow, which is how we usually think of female serial killers. The, it, the killer nurse or the widow. Oh, sexy. killer. Yeah, sexy you just, female. Yeah. Ooh, you, just got, you just got me going on something with killer. Urine, yeah. I didn't realize that was something I had to type into Pornhub. But yeah. now, killer nurse. And when you think of a black widow killer, you think of like Madeline Kahn. You yeah. think of someone who's like gorgeous wearing black lace. Sheer clothes. Yes. Just like, oh, this being like, I've made your tea as usual, Donnell. Mm. Melania. Oh. Oh, Melania's the perfect femme fatale. Oh, she would be the best. <laughs> Donnell uh, why do I have to live in this ugly house? This it's the White gross. House. It is the White House. Why is there a picture it, of Daniel Day-Lewis here? That's Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I'm just, I'm lost in it, here. You where are is, in the... Where is our simple son? The, he's in the toilet. Good. <laughs> uh, according to Peter Vronsky, author of Female Serial Killers, How and Why Women Become Monsters, part of this perception has to do with naming. Male serial killers get violent nicknames like the Hillside Strangler, the Milwaukee Cannibal, and Jack the Ripper. Hmm. Women, on the other hand, get names like Flypaper Lida, Lady Rotten, and the Death Row Granny. Well, two of those names specifically have to do with being sticky. Right, and that is a terrible way to die, just being stuck to someone forever. Also, a very insulting thing to say to a woman and never tell a woman she's being sticky. I don't know, you know what that would entail. But also, Death Row Granny, that's kind of fun. Yeah, uh, Death Row Granny's real name was Velma Barfield. Nice. They could have just called her Velma Barfield. <laughs> they could have. My name's Dirtha Split Beef. <laughs> And then there's other serial killer names that just play on the crazy cat lady trope like the cat woman, the catnip slayer, and the Paris cat eater. I don't know if that's got to do with cat ladies. Is that yeah. got to do with eating pussy? <laughs> I don't right? There was a special needs person in my hometown who we called the cat eater, but it was a man, and he used to do things with cats. Yeah, I mean, I do call myself a little bit of a cat eater. <laughs> Are you, you're inferring that you do I've oral. made love to my girlfriend. <laughs> And you're proud of this. Yes. Good. <laughs> now, there were super violent women before Wernos, but they were mostly either a part of a male-female team like Carla Homolka or Mira Hendley or Nazis like Irma Gressa, a.k.a. the Beast of Belzen. Never look up sexy famous Nazis. <laughs> no, you I Last night I had a couple beers and I was sitting in the room and I was just like, because I was trying to remember the name of the sexy female I Nazi. Ilsa Koch. That's her name. Yeah. Because I was looking up and I was getting a lot of conflicting imagery. <laughs> well, then never watch Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS. I think I have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wernos, she was special in that she was solo. There were no relational excuses with her. She was not being controlled by men, nor was she, quote, just taking orders. She only existed in her own world, and much like Henry Lee Lucas, that was the world of the drifter. This Ooh. is an important consideration with Eileen Wernos. She is not just the first famous female serial killer. She is a big-time drifter killer, and drifter right. killers are something else. Yeah. 
a well, number one drifter killer. It takes a lot of self reliance. That's for sure. I don't. I could. I could. I got lost the other day, and I got into the fetal position, <laughs> and I started crying. Yeah, you. Were I, the, this is a pull yourself up by the bootstraps yeah. kind of serial killer. Yeah. I'm a huge man, and I couldn't deal with just like I'm on the wrong street. <laughs> and we're gonna go ahead and be good third wave feminists here and say that Eileen Wernos was a drifter first. And a woman second. Because you're always a drifter first. <laughs> yes. It is not about gender when it comes to being a drifter. A drifter means you have no home. You right. have you have no uh, base. You have no anchoring. You're around doing whatever it is you want. And it also means, for the most part, you're completely full of shit. Yeah. Well, Ab- you gotta be. You have to survive. Yeah, Eileen Wernos is just a person. She's capable of just as much evil as a man is. Mm-hmm. Now, throughout most of... That's great. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Thank you. She is. You're welcome. Now, throughout most of her life, Eileen Wernos robbed, beat, cheated, and eventually murdered her way across America, although her finest drift in work and all of her murdering was done in the drifter mecca of Florida. No, the perfect stool <laughs> for drifter bullshit. <laughs> it really is the drifter mecca. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a reason why Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool said that the hand of death was based in the Everglades. Oh, so like you're in L.A., that's technically beautiful, California, but is it too nice to be a drifter? Yeah. You got to find the middle ground, which is Florida. What you need is highway systems with good walking sides to it. Right, <laughs> yes. L.A., it's all concrete freeways. Very difficult to actually walk the highway. But those are not thumbing roads. Yes, they're not thumbing roads. Florida right. highways are flat. Yeah. yeah. So you can just roll in from a swamp, literally covered in snakes, <laughs> and go to the side of the road and be like, I'll kill ya. I mean, take a ride from you and they're like you're always being funny you right. drifters and then in the 60s and the 70s florida state model was drifters welcome <laughs> and like most drifters and definitely like all drifter serial killers eileen wernos had a terrible horrific childhood on par with that of henry lee lucas and Otis tool her spiritual brethren now, while we can have sympathy for these people, as always, remember that they are murderers. There is no excuse for the willful taking of human life for your own profit, no matter what circumstances you may have grown up in. Unless it is to win a Best Comedy Podcast Award for the Webbies. <laughs> Webby Awards. I will kill to win. <laughs> Please go to twitter.com slash LP on the left for a pinned tweet to vote for us for Best Comedy Podcast. Hmm. Now, with this whole murdering thing, once you cross that line, you are done. And Eileen Wernos crossed that line seven times before she was caught. Even if you believe the first one was in self-defense, there were still six others afterwards that Eileen Wernos used and threw away like a cigarette, not only because she was making money each time, but because she obviously liked it. I still view Eileen Wernos as the last bastion of the Wild West villain. Mm. She really, she fashioned herself like a new proto Billy the Kid type mm-hmm. that was just like robbing and murdering out on the road. Uh, she, she didn't have anywhere to be. She rolled around like a tumbleweed with breasts. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, that's tough to tumble. But again, like all drifter killers, all of her stories are, are from her. We yeah. don't know. There's nobody to corroborate any evidence of what she's done or, or there's no she had no family. She had no real connections until later on during the murders. Yeah. So what, what yeah. we're going to find is it's uh, again with drifters, they build their, their own folklore. They build their right. own idea and, and make a legend of themselves. They build their own mythos. Yeah. Mythos. I liked what you called her the other day, Henry, Yosemite Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is kind of what she was. Yeah, and she was also a, a pretty hardcore narcissist, so it's all always about her. Yes. I mean, she. It, the entire world revolves around Eileen Wernos, and she talks, when she talks about her crimes, uh, she 
talks about it just so flippantly. Like, not necessarily mm. the murders, but when she talks about, like, robbery and assault, she calls it, like, the Robin biz. Which is kind right. of fun. Yeah. And it is, it, I guess, it, in her mind, it was a business. Yeah. It is a business. That's it, how she made her money. Yeah. That and giving the old tuggy, tug and jump. I mean, that's yeah. where she made most of her money. And, yeah. you know, she just wasn't in the, she did not have the family structure to go to Wall Street, which is also the Robin business. But <laughs> we make those people Robin presidents. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eileen Carol Warnos was born in a suburb of Detroit on Leap Day 1956 to Leo Pittman and Diane Warnos, who were both teenagers at the time. Eileen was the youngest of two, with her older brother Keith being born the year before in 1955 when Eileen's mother was just 15. Now, I have a question about a Leap Day birth. Uh So now, these only come around every four years. Yeah. So are you younger than everybody else? (laughs) I think technically she was executed at the age of 12. That's not that's inappropriate then. I think you have you, that's kind of the, the the key to eternal youth. Never celebrate a birthday. Never celebrate a birthday. <laughs> Birthdays are for the dying. Funerals are for the living. You're really getting it, Marcus. <laughs> He's starting to understand. Now, remember that sociopaths are neither made nor born. It's more of a combination of the two. And Eileen definitely had both the upbringings and the upbringing and the genetics to make her a serial killer. Mm. Eileen's father was known to beat the grandmother who raised him whenever he pleased, and he would tie cats together by the tail and throw them over a clothesline to watch him fight it. Hey, so- Lee, 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 come over here. You want to? You want to watch old daddy make the? Family pets a bolo. <laughs> that is so. As drug dealers throw shoelaces over the cords to let people know there's cocaine or weed there, is that just like there's poo poo in our toilet? <laughs> like what? Why? That's a bad sign. I, I hate it when they put these Christmas decorations up early. They're so loud. <laughs> I cannot sleep. I can't believe this starting. It is not even Halloween. <laughs> but worst of all. While Eileen's mother was pregnant with her, Leo Pittman was sent to prison for the rape and attempted murder of a seven-year-old girl. This guy was a textbook sociopath. Now, thankfully, Leo Pittman hung himself in prison in 1959. But that's Mm. not to say Diane was parent of the year either. Eileen and Keith were usually left screaming and crying alone with no one to care for him, which we see a lot in serial killers like Kennifer Bianchi and, Mm. again, Henry Lee Lucas. See, when a kid doesn't get any love from anyone in the first three years of their life, an attachment disorder can develop in which they are incapable of forming normal relationships later on, which <sighs> fit Eileen to a T until she met her very own oddest tool in the mid-80s, who we'll be discussing later. And, and if you want to see an example, this is just sad, watch a, a... It's on Netflix. It's a video about Russian adoption. Oh, God. These Ooh. kids... Uh, it Why is, are you watching that? Because <laughs> I, all, I, I, if, I, if my heart doesn't break three times a day, I don't get to live. It's a Wait, in Russia, That's what made me six do, foot they, seven. Do they just have like a big kid and they it, cut him in half and there's a smaller kid inside that kid and they cut that kid in half and there's a smaller kid inside that kid? Basically. And then they send them over to somebody here in Pittsburgh because uh, they got they got bait and switched. Why when they did, did someone the send me all these dead kids? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, they've been doing this for 20, 30 years. Yeah. I remember we covered this uh, in high school uh, during debate class. Uh, what they do in Russia is these kids just kind of get thrown into these uh, gigantic group homes these yep. orphanages, and they get absolutely no 
affection whatsoever, no attachment, and then they get sent to America, and they're they're nightmares. They're sociopaths. It's a hard knock life for us. <laughs> it's it's hard knock life. That sounds like fun. Bopping all the time, singing songs. You wear brushes on your shoes, cleaning the floors. It's but it's not a musical. They never sing. They're not allowed to talk. Well, technically, the fat the last number is always they turn into the uh, two kids, one hammer of kids. <laughs> oh my god, which yeah. is always bad. oh brutal. So in 1960, Diane Wuornos dropped both their kids off at her parents' place and disappeared forever. This left Eileen and Keith in the care of Lowry and Britta Warnos, who raised them as their own children, along with their other two natural borns. Same thing with Jack Nicholson. Really? Yep. What? So sometimes these people do turn out good. Yeah, that guy from The Shining? That guy from The Shining? You mean <laughs> acting legend Jack Nicholson? Yeah, he's not. I he's... call him that guy from The Shining. Or the Joker. <laughs> That's also, yeah, legend. Acting legend. Yeah, he's acting. He's not actually Jack Torrance. That's he, how you know he's a good actor. He's that also, you think that he's Jack Torrance. Is he also the fat guy who eats the sandwiches on the yachts? Now he is. That's the current role he's playing with his life. Uh, Eileen would not found out that her parents were not her own until about the age of 11, and it was not a happy childhood leading mm. up to that. When Eileen acted up, her grandfather would beat her with a belt. And we're not talking like regular early 60s type beating that was just kind of socially acceptable. This is bare skin, black belt, leaving bruises and welts type of beatings. Like, mm. these were absolutely brutal. And there is actually corroboration on this one, as Eileen's childhood friend Don Bakkins witnessed it happening many times. See, Don Bakkins mm. actually stayed friends with Eileen throughout her life, and Eileen's letters to Don would be collected in the book Dear Don, which we'll be hearing excerpts from later. So her father, I'm going to do a sports reference, so I do want to let everybody know that's about to happen. Thank you for clearing the air. <laughs> so he was a more violent, much whiter Adrian Peterson. Okay. Uh, okay. He is a running back. <laughs> he is one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL who beat his son. Yeah, but does that just to make him a better was... football player? <laughs> no, it actually kind of ruined his whole career. Yeah, of course it did. Okay. Well, no. it's a great joke. It's a... <laughs> it was just a reference. It was. I'm sure many of our more sports-inclined fans out there love that I'm joke. I'm sure they laughed and they slapped their knee <laughs> it, it, for one second not hitting their family. <laughs> Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I thought of Scott Peterson. No, it's not... Now, the <laughs> book, Dear Dawn, that, that came out is also uh, very controversial in my eyes. Because yeah. number one, what is it's our main source of information about Eileen's past is that it's her letters and the stuff that she said to vary in various interviews leading up to. Again, so we don't know what's real and what's not real. We do know that the grandfather and, and the bad shit that was happening in her house definitely was real because Dawn cooperated mm. in, in the book. Yeah. But... The book starts off as like a super like feminist uh, kind of like stancing type thing. Yeah. Well, the uh, intro is uh, written by this one. Her last name is Chesler, and she's one of those like second wave feminists who think that men are scum. Every every man is evil. We're not good. <laughs> well, nobody. Some good. are good. People suck in general. Like, it's just how it is. Pope Francis, people like him. Fuck Pope Francis. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't Pope like him, but... Francis <laughs> yeah, could but... go fuck himself. Yeah, he's lying. He's deep. I, well, he's I double, de that. double yeah. deep lying. But Ch Chesler was the one who first put forth the idea of Eileen Wernos as a hero. Yes, and then but then you get to the letters, and they'll be like, I'll snap a dick off with my bottom hole. You know, yeah. It's all just about her killing stuff, and then also about how her favorite band is Ario Speedwagon. She <laughs> writes for many letters about how Ario Speedwagon's her favorite band. The, they just have one song. Don't they? I mean, they've got a full canon of songs. No, I know they have. They, they have, have more than one, but they have songs. one successful song, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, gotcha. You know what? what? Don't even worry. Can't about fight it. this feeling anymore. Uh, is it yeah. carry on Can't my wayward? Can't fight this feeling that anymore.
The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. That was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now. You bet your dog. You're going to learn about Bark. It's the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay. Every month, BarkBox decides and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. My dogs love their toys selectively. But BarkBox sends good little ones for their little tiny mouths. They have little mouths, but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats and oh they love their life and they love the they love what bark box brings because bark box brings the bark and puts it in a box yep to get your free upgrade go to barkbox.com slash l-e-f-t this podcast is brought to you by squarespace finding work-life balance can be tough but squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text and that helps you save time i know i'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks now part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts now so what i've done to do is like so while i'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Every day. I fight to set my child up for success, which is why, as I sit and read Carmi and Wendy Dune, trying to explain to them the concepts of the savior complex not working, doubling back on itself, the concept of what does it mean to be a living God? What are those limitations? What are those expectations? And honestly, I know they just want chicken, but there are kids out there that need. This type of direct help. And IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them understand and master topics in a fun way. Not unlike me, reading children, Dune Messiah, getting to about 365, seeing where they're at, see if they understand anything. There's no more grading these worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. You can't even believe it! 
You don't want to make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And last podcast in the left listeners could get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash left. Visit IXL.com slash left to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Now, Eileen suffered other forms of, of abuse as well in the psychological form. Her grandparents' natural kids were treated fairly well, but for some reason, Eileen was never allowed to receive Christmas presents and was once forced to watch as her grandfather drowned a cat she had been told she couldn't keep. Uh, all right, this is a horrible man. And well, this, is, this is all part as we talk about the, the serial killer soup. Yeah, it's all starting to come together. Yeah. yeah. And as far as the grandmother went, she was a useless alcoholic, just looked on saying nothing while all this abuse occurred. And Eileen mm. held it all together until about the age of eight when she started acting out in school. Now, while her functional IQ was about average, her verbal IQ sat about 20 points lower, and this got no better throughout her life. Almost like she was a four-year-old? Like a leap year birth? <laughs> this is all yes. coming together. Yes. <laughs> well, my girlfriend, Carolina, she works with kids, and we were watching some interviews with Eileen Wernos, and uh, Eileen Wernos was telling a story, and Carolina actually pointed out, like, she speaks like a child. Like, she, when, you, when she tells stories, she has a cadence like a child like that. And then, and mm. then, and then... Uh, and she also just she just has a very rich like kind of fantasy world. Hmm. Uh, she can't really tell what's real and what's not, and you really see that later on in uh, in her life. But a lot of serial killers like they have a very rich fantasy world. Like hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, had Infinity Land when he was a kid. Yeah, which would have been an incredible recording studio name. That would have been amazing. <laughs> you can start recording, but you can never stop. Continue, 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 continue. Or an amusement park with, <laughs> with the world's park. longest log ride. And it's just him. Yeah, it's a log ride that's just shaped like a dead Filipino boy, but you have to ride like face down on it, chest to chest with it. I'm soaking wet with water after that ride. Is this water? That's. You look like a cinnamon bun. Oh, man, oh, man. It's thicker. Oh. Uh, but it's kind of like I have a high alien UFO knowledge IQ and a low emotional IQ for speaking to people at the bank. <laughs> you have a low tolerance for bullshit. Yeah, too real to be your friend. <laughs> well, with a lot of serial killers who have this like really rich fantasy world, what happens when they're kids and when they have like these horrific childhoods, uh, the fantasy world and the violent fantasies they have, they get intrinsically linked and those mm. violent fantasies never really go away. And until finally one day that fantasy becomes a reality. And we talk about all the time like, uh, how uh, serial killers then edge. They do the thing yeah. where they slowly but surely create the circumstances where they will start killing. Hmm. Where they, they want they want to get there. Yeah. And I think Eileen uh, was kind of obviously sexually assaulted. Obviously yeah. uh, had to deal with a lot of horseshit g growing up and started <laughs> learning. I'm going to... She started to see how I could get some positive, quote-unquote, positive validation from doing bad shit. Yeah. Mm. Now, because there was such a large gap in her cognitive and verbal skills, Eileen, she'd get easily frustrated, and she developed a hair-trigger temper that she would never be able to control. See, if you watch the documentary The Life and Death of a Serial Killer, you can see her temper on display again and and again, when the documentary maker says something she doesn't like, just something swishes in her brain, her eyes bug out of her head, and mm -hmm. it is not hard to imagine that that 
bug-eyed face would be the last one you see before she pulls a gun and shoots your ass. Uh, yeah. She reminds me, I'm not going to completely say of my mom, but it is that, <laughs> you know, bit. it's like that look. They always say, like, the look. Like, yeah. my mom, my, it's, a, it's a bit, a famous bit in many, many various family-friendly stand-up bits. Absolutely. But it is like that, where it is, she is very frightening. Yeah, but then yeah. it seems like she could just flip it right back into just being like, okay, see you later. She absolutely did. can. She absolutely so, can, because there's a, there is actually, like, one part where she is, like, really railing at this guy and yelling like they're daring me to kill again and then a couple of minutes later she's like okay bye, bye. good to see you bye. give hugs 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 <laughs> yeah, i'm a right. hugger <laughs> she would say that a lot i'm a hugger <laughs> that is horrifying yeah i mean from a young age she was horrendously difficult to get along with which isolated her which made her angry which isolated her even further and as far as learning in school went she was diagnosed with hearing and vision problems but her grandmother just didn't give a shit she blamed all of Eileen's problems on just, quote, not paying attention. You know what she needed? A Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> she needed a hero teacher. And I'm actually saying, most her love, <laughs> living in a drifter's paradise. Churning up the butter? That's oh, weird that's out. weird out. No, really, Eileen Warnell's like, you really wonder what would have happened if only somebody would have given a fuck at one point in her totally. life. You know, and that really, that's a lot of serial killers. Also, so I find it very interesting to note that the main problem they find, they say that if the reason why you're not making it up the bridge is not paying attention, it's MU's. Uh. <laughs> it's true it's having too steep a gradient yeah I, I, is that do, scientology wait, did you, didn't help did you Charles? just sneak in scientology <laughs> yes you are never allowed to read dianetics ever again l ron hubbard he, he died i know he died and so don't talk about him i'm very worried about you i have wired scientology <laughs> words and terms into my brain you did this dude if no i don't point at me <laughs> i didn't do anything this you've been bitching at us to do scientology episode for years yes <laughs> If you yeah. become a Scientologist, <laughs> your head is in the toilet. No, 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 no. I don't I don't like the dictionary enough. <laughs> now, Eileen went back and forth as to whether her grandfather sexually abused her or not, but her behavior starting at around the same time she found out her grandparents weren't actually her real parents points to a resounding yes he did. Or mm. at least someone did. Yeah. Uh, at around 11, Eileen started taking boys out into the woods to trade sexual favors for cigarettes, which earned her the horrific nickname, Cigarette Pig. I, it's a great nickname if you're like in a frat <laughs> yeah. in college. I am pretty certain that was a nickname of mine. <laughs> Fairly certain. Ben Cigarette Pig Kissel? Yeah. Why do they call you Cigarette Pig? Look at him. <laughs> you know, I, Especially I, back uh, in the day, the old fat pictures of him. <laughs> him with this the thing of Marlboros hanging out of his sleeve. He's definitely a cigarette. Yeah. Big pig. Big, a bigger than a pig, yeah. Now, more than a few boys later said they lost their virginity to her out in the woods, sometimes five or six at a time. Also Kissel in college. <laughs> yeah. I took a lot of boys out to the woods. <laughs> and many of them said that when Eileen would try to take one of those sexual relationships public, the boys would either pretend they never met her or would viciously reject her. Mm. And this is something you see in uh, childhood sexual abuse or childhood sexual abuse victims quite a bit. 
Like she obviously, I think she had she, to have been sexually. She was abused. obvious that she had to have been sexually assaulted, like because they start using sex as a kind of validation, a kind of currency. Because their whole idea of affection has been corrupted yeah. by yeah. The, by somebody that you trust most of the time. It's normally it's somebody that you trust came in, mm. could destroyed your idea of uh, of connection because now you view this as this like a dirty thing because they make the sex they they make your your now your sexuality is a mm-hmm. dirty secret thing and now you could have to use it as a weapon almost and yeah. also it's like a weird way it's like this is how i get my grandfather's attention yeah I, and this is now how i will get the neighborhood's attention it's very bizarre i mean being a fo- taking in foster kids many of them had sexual abuse and, and you can tell i mean it's, yeah. it is it is the worst thing you can do to a child it yeah. robs you of, of everything it, it, really it cores you out as a person i saw the kids i mean honestly i do the I'm talking the bit about the how i was the only boy in the altar boy crew to not be molested all the rest of them, you can't find them on Facebook. Mm. And I don't know if that just straight up means they're dead or they're just not around. Like, they're just not around. Well, I mean, mm. plenty. Of, I mean, you can come back from it. Plenty of oh, yeah, people. Of come, yeah, can. plenty of yeah. people come back uh, from childhood sexual abuse. Uh, but it, it takes but a some, lot of work. It takes a ton of yes, work. But a and lot of people don't. You know. can't graduate to being a drifter killer and no. expect <laughs> to make the proper work. No, you're you not going to find a, uh, a good trucker counselor. <laughs> you no. just need to drive. More. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I do every single time I have a problem. I leave it in another city. <laughs> I do miss. I do miss. Like what was it? The '80s where trucking was cool. It is cool. <laughs> it is cool. I love. I love a truck driver. My father was a truck driver. Uh, more the '70s. I mean, you had yeah. like truck driving hits. I, I've actually got a pretty good collection of uh, cassette tapes uh, that are all collections of uh, con- country songs about trucking that you could buy at truck stops. I've got like six volumes, and it's just two sides of nothing but truck. Songs. Convoy. <laughs> yeah, six days on the road, eighteen wheels and a dozen roses. <laughs> so, oh, they're actually songs about trucking. No, yeah. it is literally it's not like knockoff is, Leonard Skinner songs. It is six volumes of nothing but trucking songs. Driving about songs about songs about driving. <laughs> Interested. So right from wheels on a bus to 18 wheels. Actually, eighteen wheels and a dozen roses by Kathy Matea is a beautiful song. It's actually one of my favorite songs. Oh, mama. Don't say, okay, that's fine. <laughs> On a 10 day ride. <laughs> yeah. so. It's like, it's all, it's just all <laughs> shitty versions of Turn the Page. <laughs> Uh, at 14, Wernos got pregnant. No one knows for sure who the father was, but the rumor put the child to chief, the local pedophile. Ugh. Again, is- I don't understand how they have a local pedophile. How isn't there a local sheriff that arrests the you local didn't grow pedo- up, You didn't grow up in a small town. Yeah, it's it definitely. Wasn't that big. I'll tell you what, it's not a voluntary position. I, you I were told understand. you were the town pedophile. Oh, is, oh you're, you're oh, like knighted? The you town just, pe- no, no. I mean, it's an unofficial ceremony. Oh, I yeah. see. It's really weird sometimes in these, because she grew up in like a small suburb. Uh, it is really weird sometimes, you know, and I had that too when I was a kid, is that there was the guy that like everyone knows that dude is a pedophile. Yeah, because uh, he's always fiddling. Yeah, he's a, yeah. yeah, he's fiddling about. And he's doing the same thing the Albert Fish thing. It's like any man over the mm-hmm. age of 19 wearing overalls with no clothes on underneath <laughs> it right. is the local pedophile. Or he's a, he's mentally handicapped and living in a shack. Yep. <laughs> now, according to other kids, mm-hmm. th- er, this guy, Chief, the local pedophile, he used to peel the shells off chicken eggs just before the chicks were ready to hatch just so he could watch them die. And he's the Treasury Secretary now. Treasury Secretary. <laughs> yeah, Treasury Secretary. Tre- Treasury Secretary. 
For the duration of the pregnancy, Eileen was sent to the Florence Crittenton home for unwed mothers and gave birth to a boy she named Keith after her brother. And speaking of her brother, Eileen claimed that she had a sexual relationship with her brother, but with all things Eileen, that's got to be taken with a grain of salt. No one else corroborated that, and that's also something that she went back and forth on. Do you think mm. she fucked her brother? I'm really not sure. I mean, it's it's definitely possible, but it could be one of those things where well, she just says as many fucked up things as she possibly can we, just to get a rise. Do we? But we don't know who the father of this child is. No. Is it possible she named it Keith because Keith is the father? I okay, think I mean, Keith is just the, the only male name she can remotely stand. Yeah. Now, the baby was given up for adoption, and Eileen returned to Michigan where her grandfather, Lowry, kicked her out of the house as soon as she got back. And Eileen then lived in the woods at the end of the street, left to fend for herself in the Michigan winters. Her having that kid was kind mm. of like the kickoff to her whole life. That was yeah. the fi- that was the, the the first but biggest like getting kicked out of the house mm. that like changed her. Mm-hmm. Because now she knows like, oh, w- once she learns that I can go into the woods of fucking Michigan and live and yeah. survive and figure it out, she starts now being like, okay, I have all the tools I need. I can just take my my show on the road. It yeah. is. Uh, also, she got a lot of positive attention from being pregnant. Oh, I think sure. that when she finally went to the hospital and they were like, finally actually caring for her. Right. I bet you that time when she was pregnant was one of the most pleasant stretches of time she had. Well, she got sent to one of those homes homes for unwed mothers. And I don't know. Some of them are very nice. I don't know how nice. I mean, the Florence Crittenton homes are still around to this day. Yeah. So they just like slap in her belly being like, get out of there. Get out. Like, is it, is it ba- that bad? I don't know. Well, I, was- I know she gave birth. She saw the child once and then it was given up for adoption. Damn. Mm, okay. Yeah. But. When she got back, living in the woods, she still had friends. She still hung out because it was not. It wasn't like she went out uh, like six miles outside of town and was living like a little shanty out there. It was the woods at the end of her street. This was like before mm. urban sprawl. So like you know, you had suburbs where cities would just suddenly end, and then it's just the woods. So she went down to the end of her street and just lived in the woods. And she would actually there were other kids living in the woods. Like oh, there yeah. was there was a uh, an interview. The the guy that said that he saw the local pedophile. I'll peel the chicken eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy, he was like some poor like gay kid who got kicked out of his house, and mm. he made a little fort out of tree stumps and lived out there with her. If they were animated characters, this is fun. If Peter Pan was... Peter Pan is actually a pedophile. <laughs> this yeah, is actually this Heathcliff. Is Heathcliff. Yeah, this is Heathcliff in practice. And she's Heathcliff. <laughs> cool. But then she would drive... Because you, you could imagine... Because literally, it's the grandparents are like pulling into the house, like driving back and forth from the store, and just seeing Eileen... Living in the streets, yeah. like like, oh, like wow. down the street from the house, I mean, like, and her like just giving them a middle finger yeah. as they just drive past you. It's a very strange existence. It's also a very what a good a Christian establishment all of this shit is because it's like literally people just like seeing problems and ignoring oh, them everywhere like above yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, the most that people would help her out is like some of them would have you know car like abandoned cars in their yard you know up on blocks and like yeah you can sleep in there tonight Mm. uh and that's when she was lucky when she was lucky she'd have an abandoned car to sleep in sometimes she would have a blanket sometimes not well we've done our christian duty we're letting her sleep in the blown out cadillac (laughs) but don't worry i pulled out the air freshener so it smells like my old ass (laughs) that's that's about right but like i said she still had friends this is one of her childhood friends talking about all the shit they used to get into together and lived right here and they were druggies also <clears throat> we used to hang together and go over there and smoke pot and do whatnot and 
getting all kinds of shit. <laughs> but lots of different drugs. Yes. Lots of um, pills, actually. Pills. LSD, mescaline, bladder acid. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. She's like Eugene Levy's wife from Best in Show. <laughs> Was it Catherine O'Hara character? Mm-hmm. She's so good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And her, her body language on that is great. <laughs> like her eyes bug out. Her head goes back. She leans over to the side like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You that know is- what it is too? I, I, you know, real drug users, not us. We are, we are, we dabble. Real drug users mm. call it mescaline. Mescaline? <laughs> yes, because that's like a Hunter S. Thompson term. If you can lean, you can do mescaline. Because <laughs> you got you time to lean, you got time for leaning. mescaline. Yes. yes. Uh, Eileen kept attending school briefly until she quit her freshman year. Here's how it all went down, according to a letter she wrote to Dawn. And this is a very special presentation here. Now, um, we felt that maybe it was inappropriate for me to play Eileen Warnos, as I normally would with our main characters in our series. But what we we decided to do is toss the rock Uh to my bloodline, Uh Jackie Zabrowski. Ooh, Jackie Zabrowski. Here she is. Can you remember time? Do you remember the fact me and greasy-haired Penny Dole and I had at the front steps of Troy Union Grade School? Do you remember when Lori and Ducky got in that car accident? Do you remember a guy with real long jet black hair named Black Sheep at the high school? Well, one day him and I, we went underneath the stairwell near the new section they built. You had the swinging doors that head outside. Once he hit the bottom of the steps, well, he had a four-finger lid of Acapulco gold. We went under there to roll a big one, smoke it right there. We heard footsteps coming down. But we figured it was just another kid on his way out to somewheres. So we finished rolling it. Started to light it, and lo and behold, (laughs) it was the principal. He looked at us both and said, report to my office now. Black sheep gave me the lid, and he started up the stairs. I said to the principal, bullshit! I ain't going nowhere. Matter of fact, I quit school. Right now. He said, well, then you get off these school grounds right now, Wernos. And if I ever see you on them again, I'll call the police. You understand? (laughs) I walked out the double doors with the pot. And that was the day I quit school. What was really strange was that the principal knew I wasn't living at home. But in the woods. Well, I guess he admired me for having the guts to still go to school as a runaway. Living in the woods near your house. <laughs> a trip, huh? <laughs> well, last page got to close her up. Take care, Dawn. I'm still surviving. A little crazy, but still coming through. For now, lovely. Whatever happened to the bad girl from the Breakfast Club? <laughs> This is that. This is the end result of the bad girl from the Breakfast Club. This is also if the Breakfast Club was just all homeless people. (laughs) Yes. Interesting. I mean, she's got that manic energy of somebody. Because, you know, someone will tell you that story because it's actually a very sad story. It's, yeah, it it's her quitting school. It's her, it's pretty much, that's the story of her dropping out of life. Right. Yeah. A- and her, in the beginning of her just becoming a drifter until she was finally caught for murder. But she tells it like it is the funniest, most fun thing you ever heard. You just kind of have to sit there like, <laughs> wow, yeah, you are a badass. 
But it's really not that. I mean, my friend did the exact same thing, but he had parents who were just like, no, you're going back to school. She yes. just needed a safety net. But she just needed uh, But anything. she had the woods. She needed any sort of support yeah. system whatsoever, and she had none. And she But had also, nothing. she did flip it, flip and reverse it, to uh, being super proud. Yeah, yes, she was. She I mean, loved it, it. She loved the fact that, and it was true. Like I, that we were talking about when we were like talking with Jackie about the letters about how she truly did was like, and like I think that he did admire me for still going to school even though I was homeless. Like it was like that's not true. It's like he didn't admire you. He's probably very <laughs> concerned about you. It's actually well, I don't think he was concerned enough about her. And no. it is admirable to be homeless and go to school. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, no one. The fact that she survived until freshman year. Ninth grade is impressive. I mean, I know, like, I've heard stories from listeners out there who've done that exact same thing. I mean, we've had people out there that that were actually homeless yep. uh, and then got out of it. And they figured eventually. out their shit. Yeah, they figured out their shit. And, you know, because I think there's a lot of people out there, uh, and, and I know this because we have gotten letters from people who listen to the, the childhood stories of serial killers, uh, and they write to us, say, like, man, like, I fucking, I get it. I was there. But you know what? I didn't become a serial killer because, because you, there are you hundreds of, in yourself. There are hundreds of thousands of people out there who had the exact same childhood as Eileen Wernos or Henry Lee Lucas or John Wayne Gacy. And you know what? They don't fucking kill anybody. And a lot of them actually turn out to be pretty fantastic people because they've had to have the strength to actually get through all of this shit. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Now, when Eileen was 15, her grandmother, Britta, died of cirrhosis of the liver. Eileen showed up at the funeral in jeans, walked up to the coffin, lit a cigarette, and blew smoke in her dead grandmother's face. See, that's pretty cool. It is kind of cool. <laughs> so far, I'm kind of best friends with her because I yeah. was best friends with people that did this exact same stuff. Yeah. Right now, this is the beginning to an incredible Susan Sarandon movie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, needless to say, she was kicked out of the funeral, but not before she inexplicably switched out the signs on the men's and women's restrooms. It's just a fun little funeral goof. That is funny. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of going there, you could just see Grandma taking a shit. Isn't that Weird. funny? In the urinal? Oh, yeah. It says women's. This is a funny, this must be one of these new Asian toilets. It's Asian. <laughs> oh, I got all sorts of duke in my heels. Oh, my. Arnie's going to hate this. <laughs> so with the only person who even came close to being a caregiver now dead, Eileen began her lifelong career as a drifter of the roadside hitchhiking prostitute variety. Ironically, the same career as many serial killer victims. It's That's kind of why she works as a feminist icon. The idea is she's flipping it. It's Batman. It's become <laughs> the thing that everyone fears. Yeah. But she, I mean, she's still a fucking murderer. Yes, I mean, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, she's always, always remember that she is a murderer. But, yeah, well, it, Batman's also a murderer. Batman doesn't he kill. He did not kill. Yeah, okay, watch the movie. The, Do you remember when he's on his little motorcycle bike and then traffic, he destroys all the cars? No. Well, that's why a lot of people don't like the movie. The real Batman would not kill people. He does he, not. He, no, he does not kill. That is not direct kills. That is collateral damage. And guess what? <laughs> what we all know, what is our government has taught us again and again, to make an omelet, sometimes you got to burn a couple of villages. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Adam West, he's my Batman. <laughs> yeah? He killed me with charm and kind of being fat. I like that when men could kind of be fat. Yeah, that was. But yeah, George Reeves, uh, the original Superman, he was actually a fat man. Yeah. yeah. But he, he could still fly. Taft. <laughs> he did not fly. No. No. Well, yeah, I mean, she did have the same career as a lot of serial killer victims, but that really does show you how fucking tough Eileen Wernos actually was. She survived that life for mm. 15 years before finally going down 
for murder. But that's not to say she didn't get into plenty of drifter trouble along the way. <laughs> Put in your 18-wheel CD. We're about to go trucking. CD, motherfucker, I got a tape deck. Oh, <laughs> convoy! I just like saying convoy. It's fun. Uh, in May of 1974, Eileen was arrested in Colorado for DUI, disorderly conduct, and to start discharging a weapon from a moving vehicle. But she skipped town before she did any time. Now, in a letter Wernos wrote to Dawn years later, she said that at about this time. Eileen found a decapitated and dismembered torso of a young girl under a bridge off I-80 right outside of Chicago. And Eileen said that when she attempted to report it to a truck driver, the guy couldn't give less of a fuck and just drove off. So nice you got to finally meet my wife, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like you did it. Yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah, never report any corpses on the side. Guilty as judged. (laughs) Yeah. Truckers will, they're always the one that left the body. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why the American highway system has been littered with bodies for decades. And big jugs of piss. Gatorade (laughs) bottles that is not, you know, you know, jumping yellow. That is, that is urine. Now, although there is more than a decade between this supposed incident and the murders, it could show some insight into the paranoia that could have driven Eileen to kill if these were the types of memories that were swirling around in her head. On the other hand, it could also show her talent for making up stories that justify her actions. And this is the dilemma of Eileen Wernos. If you believe this version, then she was the victim of a world that didn't care about people like her. And so she was fighting back as an Avenger on the side of other prostitutes who were the victims of so many serial killers throughout the years. But if you Mm. believe other versions of the story she's told, then... There exists in the world terrible people that can kill multiple victims in cold blood for a little pocket change and a couple days joyriding a car who then lie about it to try and save her own ass. If we've learned anything, however, about drifters in our time here on Last Podcast, the latter explanation is a hell of a lot more likely. I gotta say, Jumpin' Yellow also sounds like a great name for a knockoff Gatorade. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if she was an actual Avenger, like next to Hawkeye and Captain America, that would be fun. <laughs> They call me the Gulch Filler. <laughs> if you would actually like to read a comic book that it would kind of be like what if Eileen Wernos uh, was in, uh, an Avenger or in the Justice League, read The Pro by Garth Ennis. It is fucking oh. hilarious and amazing. Okay. But, and again, this is what makes her truly a drifter killer. Yeah. Drifter killers uh, are full of shit. They're always lying. It's always they're always they're always telling bullshit in order mm-hmm. to exploit vulnerabilities. Like yes. Henry Lee Lucas, he was lying in order to show people bot like he knew he was getting better treatment because he would lie about the many fake victims that he did in order to get out of jail and go show them quote unquote oh, bodies right. and do mm-hmm. all of this shit. So it's like you get a lot of stuff for your lies. Right. Yeah. And your father saw him doing that, didn't he? Yeah, he actually did in uh, Colorado City, Texas. You know, my dad actually did see like Henry Lee Lucas out on one of his little outings. My dad was uh, eating in a diner and they brought in Henry Lee Lucas to have a burger. You know, what? Oh. where he's, most other murderers and drifter killers are rotten in jail, Henry Lee Lucas was able to lie his way into road trips. And that's how powerful lying is. Look at our fucking president. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely. so powerful. It's chaos magic. Every L. president in history. All Every politician ever. Mm-hmm. Now, in Eileen's 20th year, her grandfather committed suicide by gassing himself in his garage by closing the door and letting his car engine run. Mm-hmm. But Eileen did not attend that funeral, even to say fuck you one last time. Man, that must have been a happy trip to the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I was definitely thinking about farting. 
<laughs> I was thinking, but then it's not. He, Gassing he, himself. No, it's car exhaust. It's carbon monoxide poisoning. But look what happened to the guy from Office Space. <laughs> You're just saying like a funny He made thing. a million dollars. He got a million. <laughs> it's a jump to conclusions, Matt. <laughs> a few months later, Eileen was arrested for knocking out a bartender by throwing a cue ball at his head. Four days after that arrest, her brother Keith died of cancer, leaving her a life insurance policy of $10,000. I read a very brutally sad letter in Dear Dawn of Aileen talking about going to visit her brother in hospice. And it was her showing up. And it's just, of course, delusional because in her eyes, she's a hero. Yeah. But she showed up trying to bring Keith whiskey while he was in the hospital bed. And she was wasted as well. She was all fucked up. She rolled in, like, to being like, and they're like, and they kicked me out because they didn't want me to be a part of his life. And like, this, like, whole, like, mm-hmm. long thing. And I was like, no, man, you just brought a whole... F- you was chain-smoking in a hospice room, right. dumping whiskey all over your dying brother, and you were probably also telling everybody you used to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah. That's, that's how people like this are, is that they show up drunk like it's something cute. Like, right. oh, you know, I was wasted, but, you know, I don't know why that should matter. Uh, it's- She's like Anne Hathaway in that movie. Which movie? Where Which she's a drunk. <laughs> What's the movie? I don't know. The listeners know what know. I'm talking Princess about. Princess Diaries? Yes. No, it's not Princess Diaries. She was far too sober in that. Move on! Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around. It's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of cha, and it started off my day. Correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and... I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. 
I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. Now I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Now, that $10,000 that she got from her brother, the life insurance policy... This was a huge chance for Eileen to turn mm-hmm. her life around. I mean, $10,000 in 1974 money, that is over $50,000 in today's cash. Enough to jumpstart a small business. Gone in two months. Damn. And a lot of that mm. money uh, she spent on a luxury car that she wrecked beyond repair pretty soon after buying it. Uh, I, saw, I, saw, I was reading a story recently about Ozzy Osbourne doing the same exact thing. Yeah, but he had a whole bunch of money to back it up, and then everything was fine because Sharon took care of him. He had a safety net. No. Eventually, Eileen made her way down to Florida. There, she got picked up by a wealthy retiree and yacht club president Ooh. named Louis Fell, 49 years older than the 20-year-old Warnos. Ooh. The two got hitched. Fell announced the marriage in the local society papers because he was very proud of his 20 years. Because at this point, yeah. Eileen Warnos was still, she, she had a cuteness about her. Everybody He's- get around. Mm-hmm. Get around. This is my precious new wife, Eileen. Get around. The yacht tub president's going to speak, everyone. <laughs> Gather around. <laughs> There's nothing I love better than my sweet, sweet new wife, Eileen. She's got a beautiful smile and the eyes. Black. Like a doll's eyes. <laughs> yacht club pl- president, everybody. The yacht club, club president, yeah. Well, Eileen took Fell back up to mission to show off both him and her new engagement ring because this guy was loaded. But soon that drifter lifestyle came back a calling. I told me you go out there and you find yourself a wife. And I said, I'll go find a wife and I'll bring her back. The head, the tail, the whole damn thing. <laughs> Black eyes rolling back. Beautiful, beautiful. When 100 men went in, 
Ten men came out. But, uh, sir, that's, that's, that's your Vietnam story, sir. No, no, that's the story of Eileen's past as a prostitute. Oh, okay. Yacht Club president. Black eyes. <laughs> like a doll? Like, like, like a doll's eyes. <laughs> Beautiful woman, sir. Well, she returned to the same old bars and friends and fell... Understandably, at 79 years old, wanted no part of this life. Right. And it all came to a head when Eileen beat him half to death with his own cane because, Ooh. as she told friends, he only doled out money 30 bucks at a time. Oh, uh, you got to give him more money than that. You beat a 79-year-old man half to death. He's already half to death. That'll kill him. That's a quarter towards death. Whoa. But I would say, yeah. I mean, you're 79 years old. To be honest... You got to pay more money to have a twenty-year-old bread. <laughs> oh, that's very more than true. Thirty bucks a day. Yeah, you should have seen what Anna Nicole Smith was getting from her billionaire. She was getting quite a bit of cash, and, but and also, well deserved. But think about what he got. Yeah, just like a guest gene model. <laughs> he thought that she was a living couch, though. He didn't know yeah, what she actually not. looked like. He just squeezed on her breast, thinking that he was back in the womb. The ki- his kids were so upset with him. But if I had a billionaire father, it's like I don't want your money, dude. Go, yeah, get Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, have fun. You're, you're you're making it five more years at most. Have fun. She'll have fun. You'll have fun. Get yourself a sugar baby. I don't sugar think baby. anyone was having fun. <laughs> they were having... Did you see him eating cake? I mean, kind of getting it smeared on his face, but he was also kind of eating it. <laughs> and she was having fun until she, you know, lost her mind and started wearing clown makeup all the time. Uh, well, that was her... I think, technically, that was her having the most fun. <laughs> yeah. Her lawyer, Howard Stern, not the Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. He was the one to blame. Yeah. I did not like that guy. I did not like that guy either. And Nicole. R.I.P. R.I.P. Now, after the attack, the old man learned his lesson, returned to Florida, and annulled the marriage, and Eileen never saw him again. Well, that's what happens when you go to uh, It Never Really Happened Lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't all bad times for Eileen. This is a letter she wrote to Dawn from prison detailing a night she had on the road with one of the biggest bands of the 70s. Say... Remember the song, Slow Ride by Foghat? I was in my teens, thumbing to Lauderdale off I-95 early in the evening. Comes this boss-looking vehicle, similar to this one enclosed. And guess who was picking me up? You still guessing? Good. Keep on for at least five more minutes. (laughs) Eileen! Jeez! Okay, all right, okay, okay. You turn the page. Don't get jealous. It was Lonesome Dave, lead vocals for Fog Hat. For real! He took me over to his place where him and basically all the band lived. In Juno Beach, Florida, this joint was huge, like a mansion. I got so stoned with him, I can't recall how long I stayed with him. But anyway, the place was Al Capone's old stomping grounds. And it was specially equipped with a helicopter landing on top and likewise came with some more mafia tricks of the trade and the river it sat on. An underground boat entrance. And of course, I wound up going to bed with him. Typical. I couldn't help it, sis. The opportunity was there, and it was so unique. Especially with as hot of a band as they were then, I couldn't pass it up, so I did. And God was here. Small. 
so tiny I couldn't find it. That bad, huh? Unfortunately, yes! <laughs> it just, it, it, it was so sad. Just so sad. Can you imagine the humiliation <laughs> of being outed of having a small dick by a serial killer? Sad. <laughs> was, like, but you get the feeling she really did have sympathy for him for having uh, such a small pecker. I guess where this that's where the song Slow Ride came from. Yeah. <laughs> and where the name the Lonesome, rise of his dick. And where the name Lonesome Dave came oh, from. Yeah, if you're the lead singer of one of the most famous bands in the world and you're still lonesome. Uh, uh, you're no Tommy Lee, I'll tell you that. Lonesome Dave. Why they call you lonesome? Hey. Yeah? You know, you ever have that problem where it's like you're trying to pee, but like you just keep peeing inside your pants because it can't reach outside the fly? <laughs> I never. Lonesome Dave huh. strikes again. <laughs> Actually, Foghat, I found this out. They were British. Fuck that. I didn't know that. Can you believe that? The, the fucking, uh, yeah, I huh. just want to make love to you and slow ride? British. That makes me mad. Yeah. That's us. Can you imagine oh, how a British man reacted to Eileen Wernos? Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're a bit of a hip and a scop there, aren't they? Oh, you're all right there. You're all right, Rich. Where there, right? Ha <laughs> ha. All right. Hey, yeah, give it up. Hey, you got something in the run, eh? Ha <laughs> ha. All right. <laughs> I just want to make love to you was more of a cry for help because he could. I just want to make love <laughs> to you. Oh, man. So by 1981, Eileen had ended up back in Daytona and was living with a man named David Watts, a 52-year-old auto worker. It was smooth sailing for about two months until Eileen's temper flared up, mm. which resulted in a big knockdown dragout. And Eileen, thinking the relationship was over, got drunk on a good beer, whiskey, pills, cocktail, put on a bikini, and robbed a convenience store at gunpoint, making off with a few bucks and two packs of cigarettes. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Sarah Palin will do that next week. <laughs> that would be kind of hot. Though. It would be kind of hot, although, yeah. yeah. No, she was, of course, arrested moments later, stumbling down the road drunk, but that was the plan all along. She thought that this whole stunt would cause Watts to come to her aid, pay her bail, and take her home, proving he loved her. Mm. This is the thing, ladies. Men are not psychic. We don't know that you are just putting yourself in jail just so that we can come and bail you out and prove how much we love. Tell us, communicate to us what you want. Ladies. Yeah. The only problem with that is that she had just committed armed robbery. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did that, not think that through. Well, where, where did she hide the money? Just stuff it in the bikini. Yeah. But she so had a. It's got to go. One place. She had a big front. I see. <laughs> it just seems like, yeah, not not what you should wear while taking a bunch of money. She no. coined. She called it her corrupted coin purse for a reason. <laughs> Is it Prada? Well, that whole incident earned her a three-year sentence for her troubles. She only served mm. one year, but while in prison, she placed a personal ad in a biker magazine for which she received hundreds of replies. And upon her release, she chose a 47-year-old engineer named Ed and hitched up to D.C. to live with him, borrowing his car to go back and forth between there and her old boyfriend David's place in Florida, usually stealing a thing or two at each place to take to the other. Now, Why is this? This is such a Florida relationship. Yeah. I don't understand the whole, like, I'm fucking my ex, but I'm living with a new dude, and we're both, like, laughing about how I'm stealing shit from my ex, but I'm still blowing my ex, mm -hmm. and but I'm taking stuff, and he's like, know. take whatever you want, because that's how the relationship... Florida... 
Florida's fucked up. I know women have it very difficult in a lot of ways, but I do want to emphasize she had men to choose from. Yeah. Like, there's still always a lot of options. I'm not the best men. But she did have a lot of options for relationships. Yes. Mm -hmm. And at this point, so now she's in her mid-20s, still kind of put together. Yeah, she's in her mid to late 20s here, yeah. Yeah. And after a hellish three months of living with this woman, Ed finally managed to get rid of her. After she drank so much one night, she had to be hospitalized. Lee, Lee, listen. Uh, I, I love you. I love our special bond, but you are a lot different than your biker <laughs> magazine letters <laughs> said you were. All right. I thought we were going to start a business together. Right. <laughs> and biker magazines, as trucker magazines are, usually people don't lie that much. They're fairly honest with their flaws. Oh, yeah. Without well, a the, doubt. They're very similar to the magazines from Twin Peaks that uh, uh, Laura Palmer was in. The yeah. Yeah. And I had a, actually I had a buddy whose dad was a trucker and he used to leave those magazines just laying around his house. They were disgusting. But, you know, yes. we were like. 13, so we'd still look through them. Yeah, My father refused to allow people to swear on the CB. Your dad was he, a truck driver. And he was a preacher truck driver. <laughs> and he saved a lot of lives. I think also, but the, the, he saved lives, but the majority of preacher truck drivers take a lot of lives. <laughs> I think they're responsible for more deaths than normal truck no drivers. No swearing. <laughs> Let's remember that. Now, if you haven't figured out, Eileen had a bit of a tumultuous history when it came to relationships. Here's another letter to Dawn talking about one of her stranger encounters. So I was dating a couple of officers. This police officer, a John of mine, takes me over to his house, right? He wants to watch a few videos on sex. Okay with me. No problem. So we watch a few. Then he looks over me and says, Lee, you want to see one that'll really trip you? Me? Sure. So he pulls his video out from behind the TV. There's four of his buddies in uniform. Then he explains the four women are three of the officer's wives, one a girlfriend. And the department shepherd is there. The four male officers in uniform now proceed to start cornholing each other in the ass. While one's screwing a girl, then two are making out with each other. And next it flicks onto the girlfriend of the officer. She's getting bowled by a dog. I flipped out, all right. I told him to hurry up and shut the tape off. Then I just sat there with a drink in my hand, gosling down, going, God. And these are cops. Then he tells me he was the video man screening the whole thing. Oh, I started to decline dating him. And finally, I was just not seeing him anymore. Every time I saw the officers, I just wanted to spit good hawks in their faces. Sick animals. Well, seems like they ain't used to be no more, I tell you what. All right, I got to go now. You take care. Hope to hear from you soon. For now, lovely. Aileen was really the Samantha of her group of friends. <laughs> yeah. I just love that story. Okay. Bye, bye. Go. All right, bye. I mean, that's every yeah. single story that she wrote. I mean, she would, yeah. you know, uh, that letter that she wrote about finding the decapitated corpse on the high, I was like, that was the time that Lee found the decapitated corpse. All right, bye. It also seems like all scenes from the Real Housewives of Tallahassee, <laughs> that was yes. a reality show. <laughs> And it's this weird, strange scenario that she's describing just as flippantly as anything. Like, she witnessed a... Bestiality. Bestiality, if 
True. If it's right. not full of shit. Yeah. But at the same time, again, you remember that video. Yeah. <laughs> because it, I, you, you'd see it and be like, well, wow. Yeah. Wow. Ne- never put a VHS tape in unless it says Uncle Buck. And then <laughs> that is actually Uncle Buck. Excuse me. I was dating this cop officer and he's like, do you want to see this video I made to really trip you out? And I was like, me? Yeah, for sure. And he put it in and this circle showed up. And then oh. an upside-down chair was spinning around <laughs> and around. And then this crazy well. And we was get there... a phone call later, and it said seven days. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? All right, bye, Lee. Bye. bye. Uh, after Ed, Eileen drifted her way back down to Florida and continued her criminal and prostitution careers. She also started carrying a gun. She was arrested for possession of a stolen pistol while driving a stolen car. Then she was arrested again for unlawful possession of a firearm. And then she was arrested for pulling a gun on a John and demanding $200. Now we're watching her escalate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's starting to kind of get bored with herself. Yeah. Because that's a part mm-hmm. of it too. There's also the H.H. Holmes, L. Ron Hubbard now style of my lies are getting too simple and my life is too uncomplicated. I need more drama. Yeah. Mm. And she'd also when she was living with that uh, Ed guy she, uh, he said that she would just sit there and talk all the time about these fantasies that she had about living this like Bonnie and Clyde outlaw lifestyle where she'd pretty much just kill and rob her way across the United States. Me and I was like I just thought we were going to sit drink beers and watch the wheel. <laughs> oh I love the wheel. <laughs> yeah but that's how it works with, with serial killers. They, they start that fantasy but Eileen was verbalizing her fantasy. Because it also validated her whole existence. Yeah. Is that she can then erase all of the horrible shit she came from if she became a fucking, like, wandering desperado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing that kept Eileen out of prison was her talent for running and her long list of aliases, which included names like Cami Green, mm. Susan Lynn Blahovec, mm. and Lori Christine Grody. Usually people give themselves aliases like John Henseman or like, you know, like Glorious Pete. My uh, my alias is Winton Arthur Danforth the third. Oh. And she <laughs> You're such a jerk off. But she went with she went with Grody and what was it? Black Blakovich? Blachovic. Yeah. They call me Randy Bucket Bottom. <laughs> Why, sir? Look at my bottom. Makes sense. Swirling around mm-hmm. like a big old saucy bucket of paint. <laughs> after uh, uh, after Ed, Eileen switched over to the other side and had a brief relationship with a woman named Tony. But Eileen said after she bought Tony a pressure cleaning business, Tony ran off with the tank while Eileen was out buying booze. Okay, what a perfect business for a lesbian couple. <laughs> a pressure cleaning business. Something about it. Just yeah. two lesbians just just cleaning the front of a. Barnacle-covered building. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but in 1986, Eileen would finally find the oddest tool to her Henry Lee Lucas oh. and Tyra Ty Moore when the two met in a Daytona gay bar appropriately named Zodiac. Zodiac. It's <laughs> a really cool name for a bar. Yeah. Now, Ty had moved to Florida from Ohio, lotting out of her small hometown that wouldn't accept her as a lesbian. And for four years, the two would live together in spare rooms, trailers, hotel rooms, and even the woods if times were tough. But that was all right for the most part as their favorite hobbies were shooting guns and drinking beer, 
Which are both wonderful activities for the woods. They're oh great activities for the woods. Yeah. Chasing squirrels. Oh my Counting God. leaves. How many leaves do you count? I think I got five, but you know what? I don't think I can count past five. <laughs> it's always just five. Yeah, that's a hell of a time. Yeah. Deer, guns, and woods. Yeah, man. But unlike the Henry Lee Lucas Audits tool relationship, Ty had no real criminal record and actually made an honest living as a hotel maid most of the time. Uh, Ty, listen, uh, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know you know your progress report is coming up. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, mm-hmm. I want to say you're doing great. The faucets have been crazy shiny. Yeah. Uh, TVs have been incredibly polished, uh-huh. dust-free. Um, yeah. But we've been getting some letters. Uh, you it? are visibly covered in pine cones. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I huh. believe, and I don't want to, I don't want to come at you for your sexual beliefs or your religious tendencies yeah. or whatever it is. Um, but I believe that is a squirrel living in your hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So are we gonna do something? You know what? Smell me. <laughs> Maple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why the room smells so nice. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> Employee of the month. <laughs> but Eileen, she continued her work as a highway prostitute. She actually said when she was arrested that she hadn't held an actual job since like 1984. But uh, she is working her ass off, I'll she, tell you that. She yeah. made fairly good money for a drifter, actually. Yeah. Uh, because she said she was pulling in $300, $400 a night hooking. Sometimes. It was either somewhere between like 20 bucks, sometimes like three or 400 dependent. But you have to be, to be honest, yeah. you need to have some kind of charm about you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, because she's not doing it for high rates. No, and especially in Florida, the competition is steep. Yeah, you're talking to look like $5 a tug, right? How much would be for a tug? I 10 think to 20? Would, I think like 10 to 20, yeah. So that's a lot of... I mean, there, there's a whole list. You know, you got your 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 tugs. Around your, the your, world. Your around the world. <laughs> Upside down. Your front yeah. backs. Yeah. You know, th- uh, there's clowning a- around. There's clowning around. There's ringmastering around. There's horsing around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the John Mullen. You don't want to get into the John <laughs> Mullen. Oh, my goodness. Now, although this is a huge exaggeration, Eileen said she slept with... 250,000 men over her career. Now, if we do a little fuck math here, that would mean... And this is, is this a common core thing? Because I, I can't do common core. <laughs> no, it's fuck math. Oh, okay. Yeah, fuck math. That would mean that she would have had to sleep with an average of 35 men per day, every day, beginning at the age of 15. She is the Wilt Chamberlain of drifters. <laughs> if Wilt Chamberlain wow. had a vagina the size of a mailbox. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, now, when she says that, though, is she only talking about full-on sex or maybe all sexual acts? Because I guess it's possible. If you yeah, do 35 you, per night every night. If I mean, you if you just count, like, winking at a boy <laughs> as a sexual act, well, then maybe that is. Call me a sex offender. <laughs> all I do is wink. At boys? Don't wink. <laughs> Never wink. Now, while Ty was pretty much Eileen's whole world, Ty would have friends from work over to whatever hotel room they happened to be crashing in at the time, and these visits invariably set off Eileen's jealous streak. Mm. Almost every friend who came over had the same thing to say about Eileen. She was outwardly friendly, but there was something mean and menacing underneath, Mm. which would come out with the slightest provocation. And we've all hung out with people like that, where they're laughing, they're smiling, they're having a good time, but you just get a feeling from them. A yep. psychopath. Yeah. yeah. It's that pit bull feeling. And you yeah. don't know what's going to trigger them because you, you don't know their mind. Yeah. It's very bizarre. It's always yeah. a, We had a guy that was always do that where at some point in the night he was always like punching himself in the face. Yeah. 
But so he wouldn't punch you. He's a doctor now. Is he really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good for him. Now, in one incident just before the murders began, Ty had a friend over to the Casa del Mar Hotel for a Thanksgiving meal of frozen turkey TV dinners. Ooh. Some people think that's sad, but I think that's fun. Honestly, I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's way fun. But it's fun because it's so sad. Mm. I used to have TV dinners all the time. See, I don't think they were having this. This wasn't their ironic Thanksgiving. No. Like, no, I didn't do it. I don't this do it. I never yeah. I'll never eat anything ironically. Don't even. That's ridiculous. But I do think that because of this, they should change the name of the meal to Hungry Woman. I agree with that 100%. I believe, since I'm a third waiver, it should be Hungry People. I you You're right. I think it should be people in need... No, hungry people with a food deficiency <laughs> set meals for them. They see. We should call it glop. Yeah, that's just that's it. Uh, the friend said that Eileen seemed friendly, but didn't eat and instead chose to just stare at her throughout the whole meal. So, Eileen, what's your new diet plan? A stare <laughs> and wait for a goddamn reason to do something. How you like a turkey? Salty, right? <laughs> it's good. Turkey. <laughs> uh, I love you. <laughs> I hate you. Which one? I don't know. The turkey is good. You want to taste my turkey? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's here in my pants dish. <laughs> I'm actually I'm 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 going to walk out the room backwards. <laughs> Yeah, later that night, Eileen got drunk and started waving around her pistol, saying she'd shot herself in the stomach accidentally a few years back, which she in fact had. Humble brag. Humble. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it, there's a lot of debate as to whether this was like a suicide attempt or if she was just fucking around and accidentally shot herself in the stomach mm. because she was known to just fuck around with pistols at any at all times because honestly, I mean, fucking around with the pistol's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. You just have a pair of scissors you fuck around with, and you do it all the time. I mean, t- I mean, it's a lock knife and a pair of scissors and a couple of different things. And sometimes when I'm at home, uh, I'll bring out mm. my uh, great-great-grandfather's uh, pistol that has, like, three marks on the butt from how many people he's killed with it. Uh, and sometimes I'll just ha- hold it. Carolina, says- Carolina, are you listening to this right now? Yeah. There is a way out. <laughs> get out. Just get out. Get out. Last time we were home, she held it, too. Yes. And she admitted that it was a lot of fun. Although, the uh, copious amounts of guns back home did make her extremely nervous for a few days, but you get used to it pretty fast. When you say guns, because there was a a three-and-a-half-year mandatory minimum of guns in Brooklyn, you mean Texas. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't mean, like, my apartment. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean back home in Texas. Good work, guys. (laughs) Covering that up. (laughs) Wink, wink, wink. (laughs) Well, by 1989, Eileen was no longer bringing in the numbers that she once had. She'd been living a drifter's life for about 15 years, and those years had not been kind to her looks or her demeanor. Because you know what does not come with the drifter lifestyle? Moisturizer. (laughs) Oh, that's very true. Actually, a lot of people who picked Eileen up didn't even know she was a prostitute because she didn't dress anything like one. She usually wore, like, cut-off jeans and sleeveless T-shirts. Maybe they thought they were picking up Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> that's not even, I mean, cut-off jeans and sleeveless T-shirts, that's not even lot lizard standards. Hey, Greg, Greg, you would not believe this. You know who I got a tug job by last night? Who, man? The boss. <laughs> the Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, and he is gross. Huh. Is that what that thong, is the song Thunder Road's all about? Is it about your your ass? It must have been. He was singing it the whole time. <laughs> now, Eileen's game was to thumb a ride, make some small talk, pull out a picture of some kids, and then ask if the guy driving was willing to, quote, help her make some money. Nothing makes me more ready Don't, for sex. <laughs> oh, God. A picture of someone's uh, Okay. 
<laughs> now, that worked for a while, but the returns were diminishing because I think what she kind of wor- what she counted on is that she was cute for right. d- during her 20s. Like, I think Wernos was a cute woman. And she's sassy and fun yeah, in her way. Yeah, she's sassy yeah. and she's fun. So when she would get picked up by guys and she'd start going into like, well, maybe you want to help me uh, make some money. You know, guys would be like, all right, fuck yeah. it. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I got I got 20 minutes and two hours. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do this. But then as she started getting older, guys would be like, nah. She, nah. she was no longer an impulse buyer. Back in the day, she just did exactly what Jackie Zabrowski did to get on Roundtable. She was just <laughs> cute and fun. <laughs> and, of course, Jackie is much superior to all the women. She's the queen of the women. That she is. Good cover again. Wink, <laughs> wink. Wink, wink. Now, Eileen blamed this slowdown on, as she said, Saudi Arabia. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how they did 9-11, but we want to talk about it either. She's bringing in geopolitics well, here? Yeah. She claimed that she lost all her regulars to the Gulf War. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. But in reality, it was her quickly disintegrating looks and her horrific attitude that caused her sudden drop in income. Because she was also, at the same time, drunk constantly. Yeah. Right. And if you're going to be a roadside drifter prostitute... A smile's got to be your umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, nobody wanted to be around her, and it was looking like Ty was going to join the ranks of the people who had left her. Because oh. Ty wasn't really a drifter. She just genuinely loved Eileen, and she was just sticking by her no mm. matter what. But after four years, the lifestyle of going from hotel room to trailer to woods and back was getting a little old, and Ty was starting to get a little itchy. Yeah, it's like, Eileen knew you know, it. It's I'm like sh- being married to Ted Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It really actually is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fox tails and all. Um, I just don't think we have a six-year plan. You know, and that's the problem. Sure <laughs> yeah. talk, but we like, will be five years from now. What, what kind of hotel rooms and what kind of forests <laughs> we'll be living in five years from now? Right. And so it was that a lack of funds and a fear of losing her lover were the possible catalysts for Eileen Wernos's year-long murder spree, mm. which we will cover in part two. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She was also full of shit about Ty, too. Yeah. She what said that Ty would go and spend all the money she was making hooking on drinking. And it's a part of, again, positioning herself to the being like, I have yeah. to kill. I have to make money. And yeah. that's that's what I have to do to it's make a, money. Yeah, right. it's always like she's... A, and she also said that, you know, Ty was pushing her to go out and uh, go fuck strangers again. Mm. And that also, it's like, well, I didn't put myself in this situation. Right. Uh, Ty put me in this situation. I have no choice. Because, I mean, she is a, a, an absolute narcissist because nothing is her fault. Nothing is ever her fault. She takes no responsibility until later on she actually does, but... But then takes it back again. But then she takes it back again. However, Mm. her taking responsibility is actually more about her just wanting to die. She did a takes backsies on taking responsibility? Yes. Yeah, well, she did a a takes back... She said first that it was in self-defense, and then she said it wasn't in self-defense because she essentially wanted to get it over with. She just wanted them to fucking fry her so she could just die. And then, she did a, and then she did a double secret, it actually was self-defense, like yeah. very, at the very end. But mm-hmm. the whole time her toes were 
were crossed. So yes. do we know if she was telling the truth? Uh, that is my least favorite character trait. People who always make themselves to be the victim. I fall into that trap sometimes, so we have to be careful not to do that. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're, I can't wait to hear more. Yeah, uh, I gotta say huge thanks to uh, research assistant April, psychology expert Christina. Who completely exists. In no way is she just the tar- the carpet you're talking to. <laughs> and I've got another one that exists. Uh-oh. New forensic expert, Corinne. You know, guys, yeah. it's funny. I have a Swedish girlfriend, but every time she comes to town, you guys aren't around. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. We just, there are two ships passing in the night, but she is beautiful. Yeah, you fun. always describe her almost in weird detail that almost sounds like our friend Julia Johns in a way. <laughs> oh, strange. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but I've never met her, and I've never seen a picture of her, and I've never seen you together, and you were never doing anything with her. Yeah, she's she on exists. Instagram. She doesn't have a Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's, ex- she's real. Wow. Actually, psychology expert Christina is supposed to come to a taping of the roundtable um, here in a couple weeks. If we're in town, we might be in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, Dog me. Oh, yeah. Dog me. I am going to be incredibly disturbed. I'm going to say this right the fuck now. If you show up here in the morning with a wig on, acting like Christina, (laughs) we're going to have to take a six-week break on the podcast and let things resettle. I have no idea what you mean, Christina! (laughs) It's like she's here with us. Um, Awesome. And we also want to give a uh, special shout-out to our man, uh, Jamie Johnson, uh, who lost someone very special to him this week. Uh, Our deepest condolences. You know, we don't really know what to say, but just uh, keep going, man. She seemed like an incredibly sweet woman, and I hope that you're holding your shit together, man. I hope you're doing good. Oh, yeah. Um, So, okay. We have a mission this week. Yes. We're up for the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. We plugged earlier today in an incredibly funny and slick way. (laughs) Yeah, and this is a really important award because if these tech nerds don't like us... What will we do? I don't know. I don't think Clear Channel will ever get to purchase us for the millions of dollars that we deserve <laughs> to be owned. Um, but please, uh, uh, please vote for us if you haven't. Um, again, the offer, the offer still stands. If you can prove that you got a hundred people to vote for us, I will give you a patch of my back hair in a Ziploc bag. Did you offer that as a prize yeah. on the live stream? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I did, and I will do it. But yeah. I need fucking proof. Well, but who yeah. ha- who has to? Sh- if I have to shave you, the offer is. Over. No, 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 no. Well, I'll have another topper tier. A rewards ceremony where someone gets to shave. Yeah, and we want to say thank you so much to everybody who's already voted for us. Uh, there's only there's a, a few days left. Yeah. Uh, it is genuinely going to be a close. It's, it's going to be gonna, it's going to be close. Like we've been ahead for a while, uh, but the numbers are starting to tick down just a little bit. The other podcasts are starting to make a last minute push. So we need you yeah. guys to well, really help us out with this and, and make not, a last minute push doing, as well. We have, lot, they are literally doing paid sponsorship ads, which are quite effective because they pay thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, and, and we're we, not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're just yeah. counting on you guys, uh, our fans, because, you know, the only reason why we're here is uh, because of you. Yes. And we just very – go to – our Twitter page at LP on the left. There's a sticky post there uh, that you can use to go and vote. Also, again, one more mission. Your pretty face is going to hell. It's coming back out. It's on Sundays at 1130 on mm-hmm. Adult Swim. Please fucking check it out. Write about it online. We're doing a big PR push. I was on fucking Opie, Opie. the other day, which was ridiculous. Mm. But we're doing a lot. We're doing a lot of work. I'm really fucking proud of this work. It's mm-hmm. like, and, and honestly, again, we would not be coming back for more seasons if we didn't have people watching the Absolutely. show. And you guys have been watching the show and being really super fucking vocal about it, and it, it means so much to me. It's so please just check it out and fucking tweet about it and all that horseshit. That's yeah. it. And check out all the shows here on CCR Abling's Top Hat for everything politics. Uh, I'm running for Brooklyn Borough President, and we're gonna have a lot of fun with that. You can go to BK for 
for BK to donate. And uh, criminal justice reform is the main thing, obviously tying into last podcast on the left. <laughs> Round table of gentlemen. Uh, check that out for all your... Henry was on the last episode. Kissel said that I could be his Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and which he'll... means you're out now. Curl the girl. <laughs> You're back in. Um, all right. And page seven, Sex, other, sex and Other Human Activities. Uh, movie Sign with movie the Mads. Ma- movie Sign with the Mads. And what's Wizard the and the Goddamn Producer. Yes. Holden still, funny. by the way, doesn't have a day job. Still complains. Yeah. Still complains. Nonstop mm-hmm. complains. About how he can't sleep long enough because it's too light in his room <laughs> uh, later in the morning. It's, it's 3 p.m., Holden. It's 3 p.m. All right. Thank you guys so much for your support. Follow us on all the bullshit. Yep. Uh, uh, at Henry Loves You on Twitter, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, yep. on Instagram, at Dr. Fantasty, at Marcus Parks, at, be- at Ben and Kissel, Kissel one. 1, and all last podcast on the left, on everything, at LP on the left. Uh, fucking hit that shit and give us money on mm-hmm. Patreon if and- you want us to have that money. Yep. Patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. If you yep. feel like uh, you deserve, if you feel like we deserve uh, a little bit of cash, if you give just a dollar, you get advanced ticket sales to almost every single show we do. Uh, we've got shows coming up in Denver, Colorado Springs, L.A., Austin, Houston, Dallas, Toronto, Atlanta, and Indianapolis. You can go to cavecomedyradio.com slash live for links to tickets. If and you for give the... us more money, oh. I could have more babushka. <laughs> I don't understand what that means. But uh, for the Patreon subscribers, I, I got another creepypasta lined up. Yeah. And it's going to be pretty scary. Yep. And $5 and up gets uh, all the bonus audio content. Nice. The very nice. My oh, wife can we, is a wizard of sleeve. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. Hail me, if you would, please. And my gustavations. One and all. Now it's time for another Last Pass Guest on the Left. Shout out. call it Last Pass Guest on the Left. <laughs> All right, we got to do the shout-outs here. <laughs> thank you. Uh, as always, thank you, everyone, for giving money to our Patreon. Yes. yes. If you want to get patreon.com slash lastpodcast on the left uh, is the place. It's only a, a dollar for a shout-out. And a also, dollar. if you uh, give a dollar, you also get access to uh, pre-show sales for all of our upcoming live shows, which we will be announcing more here very soon. If you want to see yep. if we're coming to a town near you, uh, including our upcoming Texas tour in Houston, Austin, and Ooh. Dallas, go to Cave comedyradio.com slash live. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to do a creepypasta once a week or once every 10 days or so. The last one was a big hit. It was called Psychosis. Ooh. And I'm looking into uh, some other options right now. Thanks for your money. Th- very nice, Henry. <laughs> oh, let's see here. I'm, I'll just go here. Bailey Moyers. Thank you very much. Ben Flett. Thank you. Valerie you you Uh-oh. Valerie Johainen. You, you I H L E I N, Yahilin. What do you think, Henry? Valerie Yulheen. <laughs> Yulheen. Yeah. Valerie Yulheen. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Joe White. See Joe White. <laughs> Look at that. See that Joe? Thank you, Joe. Joe White. I, I got that. Mark Hughes. Pod Pickering. Laura Wallace. Brandy Burkaz. Scott Rounds. Frank Harper. Elizabeth Baseline. Anne and Jenny, Erica Bozeman, Daniel Dun- Danielle Dunn, Lisa Del Lagarza. Ooh, Lisa Del Lagarza. Lisa Del Lagarza. Uh, right. Emma Rebecca, Michael Anderson, Faden, Tyler Sims, Tanner Poole, Risa Patterson, Melissa Baker, John, thank God my parents didn't name me Henry, Harold Kuntz. No, wait. 
John, thank God my name, my parents didn't name me Harold Cunts. Yeah, so his name would be Harry Cunts. K U N T Z. John Cunts. I think it's pronounced Kuntz. I don't know. Maybe he's an author. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Katie Ball, Amelia Nunn, Ed Ray Allison, Tori Oxner, Chris Balecki, Cole McKay, Blaine Tucker, Emily Rosenbach, Michael Sadeloff, Kathleen Musante, Julie Brenner, Joshua Austin, Seth Fowler, Nicholas Mozak, Meg Kennedy, Aaron Garvey, mm. James the Long Dong Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it does not say Long Dong. It doesn't. Either. Okay. Kevin Murphy. Matt Winkworth, Ian Welch, Tyler Rosser, Helen Allen, and Andrew Ferguson. Matt Winkworth does sound like the guy who will rat you out at the office for stealing the printing paper. Yes. <laughs> you can't trust the Winkworth. 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 I got Diana Johnson, Noel Hackman, Kimberly Swaggart. Twin Swaggart? No, Swaggart. Oh, Swaggart. No, not Swaggart. It's Swaggart. Swaggart. Twins Mills, David Payne, Samantha Mendoza. Emma Jealous, Pontip Marshall, Maggie Bailey Wilner, Shannon Lundquist, Brittany Arledge, Cody Peterson, DC Turner, Ooh. Ashley Boyer, mm. Caitlin Rep, Chase Filoroska, Jesse Hope Weston, Trevor Carmick, Alex Lee, Rebecca Emily, Martin Soon. Soon? What was it? S-O-E-U-N. Soon. S-O-E-U-N. Soon. 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 Colin W. Clampett and Parisa. Parisa. P-A-R-Y-S-A. Parisa. Parisa. Clampett? Yeah, Clampett. Colin Clampett. Nice to have a sheriff around. All right. Kristen Asquiela. Uh, oh, this is a. T- my tongue is died. Asquiela. Asquiela? Asquiela. Asquiela. Asquiela? Yes. Kristen Asquiela. Scott. Jonathan Edwards. Corey Jordan. Hunter White. Justin Wagner. John Frostbite Curly. Ooh, why'd you get your nickname Frostbite? Mm-hmm. Inquiring minds. Katie Lapointe. Ariel Brennitz. Wesley Ratcliffe. Jordan Emerson, George, Georgia Lily, Lindsay, the Blue Rogue. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds like the laziest superhero. It does. Uh, Lindsay, okay, Blue Rogue, Kelly Smith, Samantha C.R. Amentiaro. C.R. Amentiaro. This is great. This is great. C I A R A M. This is good radio. T A R O. Samantha C.R. Maritero. Yep. Yes. Jessica Poole. Thank you, Jessica. Pool. A share of Eric. <laughs> Jamie Blackband. Matt Turner. Andy Toma. Uh, Peter Gallaro and Evan Carr. Thank you all so very much. If you got a job at the UN, you would start World War Three. Yep. <laughs> Alex Mann. Joseph Benedict. Kristen Boom. Justin Fintoski. Hell yeah. Austin Endrington. Alicia Mincy. Walt Hansen. Hannah Smith. Rachel Wise. Is that famous Rachel Wise? <laughs> is that the name of a celebrity? Yeah. Rachel yeah. Wise? How's yeah. it spelled? It's like the celebrity. Did she give us her celebrity? I don't think so. Nah. Victor Rodionoff. Mark Krebsback. Bailey. Jane Parisi. Rachel Snyder. Ooh. Evan Larkin. 
Luis Palencia, Elizabeth Arnold, Alice Martinez, Buzz Holberg, Dane Schmidt, Jack. What was that? Jack. Okay. Sonia Sells. Sonia Sells. Sonia used to help us out a lot here. I remember Sonia. She was unable against Top Hat, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Thank you, Sonia. Sarah Reach. Thank you. I got Joshua Landreth, Howard Pina, Zachary Sweet, Alex Keller, Rebecca Doe, Amber Schievel, Emma Johnson, Alex Nouveau, or Nouveau, Stephen Watts, P. Basta. Ooh. Like pasta, but, but P. Basta. <laughs> well, that's fun. Shelby Chamberlain, Chelsea Wilkerson, Vincent Calderon, Joseph Vogel, Max, John Zimmerman, Ryan Benderyot, Renee Mounder, Sam M, Killian Meehan, and Nabil Shazad. Oh. I mean, that George Zimmerman really ruined the Zimmerman name. He really did. did. It's just really that's did. immediately where the mind goes. He did. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. John he didn't do Zimmerman. good for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did not do good. Robert Zimmerman was Bob Dylan's real name. No kidding. Yep. Related. <laughs> Ro, thank you very much. Ro, Joe Whittington, Raven Crescent, or Crescent, I believe, but I want to call her Raven Crescent, but it is Crescent. Thank you so much. Everybody's Raven. just a carb to you. It, I've <laughs> been eating a lot of carbs. That's why I'm on my Hormel chili diet. Sarah Harper, Lisa Wright, Matt, Carl Mustang. Ooh, he's hairy. Yeah. Hairy, but also wet. Yeah, wet. Carl Mustang. Jared G. Jones, Jordan Gompke. Marie Naomi, Katie Burris Cook, Mary Balot or Below, Synthony Amandor or Amandor, or n- neither of those, uh, Aaron Bowen Zich. I'm trying my best. Aaron Bowen Zichek, HP Love Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh. Jeremy Matthews, Carrie Sheehan. Aaron Shelton, Blake Winslow, Amanda Baird, Brianna Beerstock, DJ Maniac or Maniac. Yeah, I've seen Manic, him around. And Megan, thank you all so much. Pial Rootness, Taylor McCara, Thomas Johnston, Caitlin Stewart, Madison Sage. Wow. Hi. I'm Madison Sage. Hi. You want to buy my old socks? You can suck them in your mouth. Hmm. Israel <laughs> Hinojosa. Rick Foster, Sarah Watson, Gabrielle Dixon, Samantha Lowe, Ka! It's just C A. It's K. Sarah Williams, Matthew J. S. Armstrong, Taylor Erb, Stephen Woods, Sellers Webb, Troy Tempest, Troisif, Michael Barnes, Julie K. Nathan Rust, Josh Doe. Stephanie Edge. Thank you so much. Cool. I just got a couple more. Bobby Ford, Leon Hope, Jessica Anderson Simmons, Carrie Warren, and Clinton Davis. All we right. did it again. We did it again. Thank again. you guys so much for donating. It really means the world to us. It means everything to me. Everything. Everything that... Everything. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail me. Hail ye. Hail Satan. You pieces of shit. Magustalations. This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, 
And in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host Scott Augerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, TruthFinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. TruthFinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to TruthFinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's TruthFinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today.